0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome
1: back to the Gentleman Gentleman's Dojo. Dojo. We'll get him on board once. We'll get him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Keen will get it Four weeks point. in. Yeah. <laughs> the
0: Gentleman's Dojo. We're back to my yeah, yeah, left. Yeah. Gary Cannon from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, Love it. Bulbous body. You said you lost I two I lost pounds. two pounds over it. the weekend. Uh, I did.
1: I'm down to 250. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Patrick yeah.
0: Keen is here, and let's just get right into this. Let's I mean, do it also from Detroit. Yes, yes, yes. yes right? From University Detroit. of
1: Michigan graduate.
0: Television director, director of The Big Bang Theory.
1: Oh, right. Yes. Does uh, it get any better than
0: that? He did a handful of episodes of Sullivan and Son. Yep. Which
1: he's removed from his
0: IMDb which page. <laughs> which he made sure
1: to take off his IMDb <laughs> 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 Trying
0: to did. scrub
1: that as quickly as possible. Mark Sandrowski. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Mark, for joining us wow. at the dojo. Thank you. We appreciate Thank you. it, buddy. I was so happy yes. when Mark agreed to do this. It was great. I was shocked. I was shocked, too. Yeah. Although, although I think he did it because he knew that we had Phil Lewis in. they're very competitive. I can't stand Phil. (laughs) By the way, we only
0: have Phil on to fulfill the diversity quota. Right. Yes. (laughs) DGA provides us.
1: (laughs) Next week, Pam Fryman will be here. (laughs) (laughs) We have all the bases covered. this
0: is this is something that I didn't know until we were working together. But you, when's the last time you did stand up?
2: Oh my God, a long time ago. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I'd started out. uh, uh, Dave Coulier and I grew up together. That's crazy. In, uh, in outside Detroit, Saint went Clark to high Church, school Michigan, together, great school really? together, great school high school. Did comedy shows, the whole thing. Yeah, and he came out. Uh, I was at school. He came out uh, to L.A. a couple of years before I did. When I moved out, we lived together, and he was hanging out at the comedy store trying to work and uh, improv. And I'd go with him and meet comics, write jokes, and I did it for fun. Right. I just I did stand up. I did did stuff with my brother back at, in school, mm-hmm. and it was just it was something to do. And it was it, to me, it was like golf. It was nothing I was gonna be a pro at. Right. Nothing I wanted to do all my life. And it was like, I'll do this for fun. And I enjoyed it, and, uh, but did it for quite a while. And actually, it helped uh, immensely in my directing because I ended up uh, early on working with a lot of comics. Um, and they think differently than actors. And that was appreciated by a lot of producers. They were like, oh, my God, you can handle these people, <laughs> <laughs> as you know.
0: What are the differences that you that you notice from straight actors to comedians? What well, are the, some of the... The
2: biggest part is, which I knew from stand-up days, is it's a solo act. It's a stand-up. You're mm-hmm. there. You, you show up to a show. There may be a warm-up, per, you know. Uh, Enough about uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> the less said, better. <laughs> right, right. But there's... there's um, you're about yourself and everything you do. You're practicing at home by yourself. You're writing jokes by yourself usually. And you perform and you're up there by yourself. When you get into a a performance on on a program, there's 60 people involved, 70 mm-hmm. people, and, and the prop guy. It's important that you know and have a relationship with the other actors. Certainly, you have to be able to talk to once in a while. You have to ever be able to relate to a director, understand what they're meaning and stuff. And it was it was something new to a lot of a lot of comics when at that time too in the early 80s. That was a big boom for uh, getting on the Tonight Show and trying to get a show. Yeah. And the big question I would have people ask me is, oh, this guy's really funny or she's really good. Can she act? And most of the time was no, they can't. But if, right. if they're funny, you can make it work.
1: You know. Did you and Dave come out here together, like as a
2: team? Not as a team. No, 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 no. He was he was out here for. We stayed uh, in touch. I was still in school, and uh, he was coming back uh, to Michigan regularly, playing a comedy. Cl- I started a comedy club. At the University of Michigan. Wow, and really? He, yeah, he came. It ran awesome. for about eight years, which I found out years later. Went back and ran into a guy at a club, and he yeah. was like,
1: "Oh, I, didn't get I, I ran this." he's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right, right, right. like, right. I know. "My check bounced. <laughs> Looking for you, yeah. Zedrowski." Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much.
2: <laughs> Do you miss performing? Um, you know what? <sighs> Not really. Yeah. Uh, because in a way, I get to perform when I direct in a weird way mm-hmm. there's there's uh, maybe it's living vicariously through the actors and stuff but i still get to pitch funny stuff i still get to recognize things that work mm-hmm. and when we're shooting in front of the audience it's like i mean it, it's such a complete feeling it's like oh yeah that works great and the audience goes and we have to do an extra take because it was too funny they didn't hear a certain joke and that that fulfills it you know um but yeah. i yeah I, I don't know if i could get up on stage again and and Tell jokes. You, yeah. you
3: should, if you could, teach a class on how to quit stand-up comedy. I, <laughs> I would love to. Those are my it's heroes. A, there's a lot Air of traffic travel. controllers and people that left stand-up <laughs> are my heroes. We need
0: to weed out the field. Yeah. <laughs> how did you make the transition then? How did you get into television directing?
2: You know, I was always uh, interested more in behind the scenes. When we were doing things in grade school, mm-hmm. uh, Dave and I, I was the one prompting him, hey, you should blow a hand fart in sister mary uh, allen's class because she'll it'll be really funny <laughs> yeah and he would he'd get in trouble and i'd be the one that w- was all sweet and innocent and i was the good student and never got in trouble and so we were doing films in high school and i was the one getting the getting the camera together doing the editing writing the script and getting him to perform getting other jerks to come out and do do bizarre things with yeah. us and so it was always an interest of mine and so when i went to school it was like I don't want to do science. I don't want to do math. But hey, this this making people laugh. Things kind of funny. And so I, I majored in film and television. And it was always uh, with the intent of being behind the scenes and working. Because you have in a, a master's degree,
1: right, from the university? Of no, Michigan? no, not a master's. Oh, but there was master's. there wasn't there a teacher who told you, okay, listen, if you're going to go out to L.A give it a couple years, don't get frustrated. Yeah, it was a
2: great story. It was actually a a writer, uh, Al Sloat, a a guy who wrote several books and used to write for NBC, programs on NBC, and he would only teach class once every three years, Mm -hmm. and I happened to fall into his writing class. And, and the first thing he said was, you're not going to get out there and in two weeks have a job. And it's it's not like law school. It's not like business school. And go on out there and give it a couple of years. Get to know people. Get to know what L.A. is like. Right. Because it's all about relationships and meeting people. And then as you meet people, hey, I know someone who's looking for someone who, who needs an A.D. And that's how I got work. Yeah. And, uh, it, and it took a while. It took a few years. But it, it worked out
1: great. Was that a weird move because you're coming from Michigan, small little town? I mean, not too yeah. small, but to move to the big city like this to pursue a dream?
2: Yeah. I look back it was really kind of naive you know it was like oh dave's out Whoa, some well, there there's one idiot out Familiar. there already yeah. i mean so i came out i had like 300 dollars in my pocket you know no car no way to get around and for the first month we did nothing but travel to comedy clubs it was like oh this is great yeah <laughs> you know and went up to sacramento and san diego oh, and wow. san francisco and played you know Play some clubs were and the stuff?
1: Wolverines ever in the Rose Bowl? Did you they ever were. see them? Okay.
2: Yeah, that was my first time to LA. Was for the uh, nineteen eighty one Rose Bowl. Oh wow, you that's know. awesome! Did you have I'm money for real. a
1: ticket though, or was that during no, the broke no. days? <laughs> as, as a student, you know, <laughs> whatever you do to get by. So you know? were making money then doing stand-up when you were out a here for a little bit. Yeah, a little okay. bit.
2: A little bit of money and doing whatever I could to get by, and working odd jobs and working whatever as a as a PA on different. Ch- I remember working on a Jackson Brown video, the Lawyers in Love video. Going to this, wow, yeah, that's going, crazy. go, getting a call. They needed some work <laughs> for a couple of nights, and it's a weird story. Went to this dilapidated area downtown, and I really thought someone was going to set me. It was a setup that mm-hmm. they were because I pulled in this parking lot. There's no light. It's dilapidated. It's scary as hell. And I'm checking the address, and this is it. And I get out and walk up to this door, and I think I'm if I'm not dead, <laughs> you know, it will be great. And there's a little button hanging down from like the third story, and I ring that. And some guy sticks his head out, and I said, "I'm here to work." <laughs> I send down an elevator, <laughs> and now I'm thinking, oh, now now it's going to be some sex dungeon oh, or whatever. And and I pull up, and they, and he had bought out a loft, the uh, entire third floor of a mm-hmm. dilapidated building, and redone it. And there was a stage, a, a living room, kitchen. Uh, rehearsal area and that's wow. where they were shooting the video they had a the whole crew there set up it was great so I worked for two nights there and oh, uh, Jackson Brown too that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah meeting Jackson Brown was like oh man Calling everybody I know. Yeah. You know? <laughs> now, what does your family think
1: that you're out here in L.A.? What's kind of their thought? Are they worried? Oh, I was a happy? black
2: sheep. I I was the baby of the family, so by that point they didn't care. You yeah. know, it was it was older brothers and sisters, and they were like, ah, it's Mark. Who gives a shit? Right. You know? <laughs> uh, and they and uh, so, but I came out, and they've uh, they can't believe it's worked. So know? then
1: you go from that the the Jackson Brown video. Then what's kind of like your first big break? Like how do you jump to the next level?
2: Uh. You know what? Uh, the first big break I had was working on a show uh, called, uh, what was it? Reggie, Reggie with Richard Mulligan. It, oh. it was back in the time they did Summer Replacement Series and they did six episodes of this. And I'd gotten in as a uh, as a runner, a PA on the show. And the creator of the show was Barbara Corday, who ended up becoming the president of Columbia Television. Oh, wow. And because I knew her, it goes back to the relationship story. I ended up working on that show for six years episodes Mm -hmm. a couple of months from there the producer like me went to another show barbara got promoted i worked for her she's at columbia knows Mm -hmm. i want to get into and got me into the directors guild working on a show working on what's happening now as a stage manager oh Oh, wow. wow not what's happening what's (laughs)
1: What's <laughs> happening now? The the movie. Movie. yeah 10 years later yeah. I watched yeah, that. Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. You, you were the love guy? What's happening? Oh yeah, <laughs> I so love it. So wait, who was in that who was in the, the what's wedding. happening now cast? Rock. It was
2: <laughs> everyone uh uh, uh yeah, Rob. He had the girlfriend. <laughs> Ernie? The tall yeah, Anne Marie. Yeah. uh mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Marie, they brought her in as they, they redid it, but the little sister D. D came back just a couple episodes. Mom wasn't there, right? And uh, but everybody, but Shirley Hempel and, so and Fred Berry, <laughs> the yeah. they're all there. Great
3: show! Oh, yeah, that took place in South Central. Is that yeah, yeah because they yeah, talked yeah, about South, going to the forum a lot, a lot. yeah, exactly. And yeah. it
2: was it was great because it was a show made directly, it was one of the first shows made directly for syndication, which was unheard oh, of back oh, then. Wow. Wow. it wasn't for a network, it was we had done it for Columbia Television, it went and you know. Ran Saturday afternoons and Sunday evenings all all over the country.
1: How many episodes did that run?
3: Sixty six. Three really? seasons. I love it. Wow. Three seasons in a row.
1: Wow. Oh, they never wild. they never brought the Mulligan Show back. No, no, <laughs> they, was it Dwayne
3: Wayne or am I thinking a different world? Dwayne Wayne.
1: Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne Roger, Roger. Who was du- uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Rogan? Oh,
3: oh, it wasn't yeah. Dwayne Wayne though. Um, no, 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 no. That was something. Else. What okay.
0: was so so you, you that was the first big break, right? And then it's just like you're just leapfrogging and hoping things land building right? relationships what was the yeah. what was the one show you did where you're like we're off to the races i mean i'm gonna buy the house get the lamborghini and then it just
2: <laughs> oh goes oh, south oh i had plenty of those yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think everyone that works in this business has had plenty of those yeah because yeah i mean i've worked with i worked for years on shows that would go six episodes canceled yeah the best was, the best was the 12 episode order you think you're getting picked up and it's a week before Christmas and mm. you're canceled. Merry Christmas. <laughs> you know, here's a here's a little Christmas present. Mm. You sure. know, you're out of work until the pilot backpack. season. <laughs> yeah. And that would happen regularly mm-hmm. all the time, every year. Um, very rarely does a show. Uh, that's why I knock on wood with with Big Bang. It's, mm-hmm. it's what you dream of something that's going to go for. First of all, get that back nine pickup and then get that second season. And then if you're lucky enough to get a third season, you're like, oh, man, that's syndication. And that that was the goal all the time. But uh, there were there were so many shows that uh, that I thought were good. I mean, I, I was lucky enough to do as a stage manager a couple years in a row did more than one pilot and would get two of them picked up and would have to choose a
1: show. And of course, pick the wrong one. <laughs> you know, yeah, the one that's canceled yeah, after
2: nine, the other one runs six years. It's like, yeah, okay, that's great.
1: What was a show great. that you turned down that ended up being a big success? I mean, you're on a big show now, but what was- A big show now?
2: Well, I had a chance, uh, let's see. I, my favorite story is a friend, uh, a good friend of mine turned down Home Improvement. Oh Wow. Ooh. Which, you know, was a, was a killer. Monster killer. Yeah. yeah. Michigan-based, Michigan-based. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Tim Allen, Tim Allen. Always which, wore the lion stuff,
1: which so. which would be, I mean, but then there's other shows where just you look at it. There was the show Partners that Max and Dave created, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be a big hit, got canceled right canceled. away. So you just never know. You never know,
2: and that's the that's the thing. You you thank your lucky stars when you when you get that pickup, and and you're always you're always the minute you get a job, you're always looking for that next job because it's like, oh man, this this is not going to last. Uh, uh, or or every week you're watching those ratings. It's like oh, if you go down sure. a little bit, it's like uh-oh, uh oh, we we've got to find something else. Did why do why do multicam?
0: Why why do single cams these days? With everything being so fractured, why do single cams have the cachet or the industry? Approval, whereas the old school sitcoms, the tried and true, just uh, it's almost like it's its dismissive to look at a it multicam, is. whereas the multicam is the harder show to pull off because yes. they either laugh or they don't. But a single cam, it's like, I think we got it.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah.
0: why is it that, that multicam is looked down upon amongst the industry?
2: Boy, uh, I wish I had the, the magic answer. What I really believe is that you have a lot of young executives mm-hmm. and it just became cool. Right. It, 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 people, young executives were coming in. And, and I really think it started with Malcolm in the Middle. It was one of the first successful uh, single camera shows. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, yeah, because it was different and it was hip. And then they started looking like every year when Friends would hit the next year pilot season. We need a show like Friends. I mean, that would be right. That would be. The, the the edict coming down we want to show like that we right. want to show that's that captures this and they're doing the same thing and so now you had a single camera show that was out there and different and people thought it was hip but you're right it, it, the multi-cam is the hardest thing to pull off because mm-hmm. you know immediately if it works or doesn't i mean yeah. if you're stand-up and you're bombing on you know you know immediately what's working and what's not working and that's that's the beauty of the multi-camera is it tells you. In the in the single-camera, they just thought it was cool and hip, and then it just it grew out of that. And you get the same thing happens now at the at the Emmy Awards, at the uh, everything that gets nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much better to go with a single camera because it's new and it's different. Not necessarily funny. Right. Um. And, and even shows like uh, Nurse Jackie, I remember when they when they won, she was like, I'm not a this is not a funny show. Right. And <laughs> and here it is winning the comedy. Yeah. And and it's harder um, to pull off the multicam. And, it, and it's true. It's the same with directors. We've done it a lot. We, we've done things at the DGA where um, any multicam director, any decent mul- can do any single camera show at all. Very few single camera directors can do a multicam director. A show they right. come in and you're watching a quad split you're directing a play you're not directing a movie mm-hmm. and you've got to make it work on so many levels and then it's got to be performed live and you got to cover it live mm-hmm. and people are not used to that and it freaks them out when you can as opposed to spending sixteen hours a day shooting and getting a minute worth of material you know right. on film why so. is it that
0: Big Bang not only has resonated you know, just just think about, you know, the multicams. There's so few of them these days, and Big Bang is massive. But it's not only massive amongst multicams. It's massive amongst Everywhere. all the shows. Crazy. Against this e- enormous field of entertainment. Yeah. It is a massive hit. What do you think the secret <laughs> to success of that show in particular? Why, why does it resonate so much? Well, if
2: I could bottle that, yeah, would be <laughs> much richer. Uh, twofold, I think. First of all, the writing mm-hmm. is is... The key, because it's, it's a show I've worked on that every table that we have, the scripts come. I've never seen scripts in better shape at a table. Yeah. Because I've worked on many shows where the script we read on a Monday, there's not one word that's in there on Friday. Enough about the television. Okay. okay.
3: <laughs> I didn't say names, but...
2: <laughs> but it's, it's hard to do. Yeah, but, right. But Chuck Lorre and the group, and the other key was the characters were so well-defined. And the weird thing was when it started, I still remember the first season... Um, CBS loved it because oh they were they were the Tiffany Network they were thought of as the older demographic mm-hmm. and they had a young show here, and yet there were it, it attracted the older audiences. I, I remember one of my daughter's softball coaches, this guy that was like a, a construction guy, last guy in the world I thought mm-hmm. would be interested in her show. Loved the show. Yeah, I was like I didn't even know you you knew it was a was on the air or mm-hmm. the, that I worked on. He goes oh it's the best, and I realized then that this this crosses a lot of different ages, a lot of different genders, right. and, it, and it reaches everybody because the characters are, and, and I think for every guy that's done it, you can relate. It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old or 16 years old. You we've all had trouble talking to girls. Right. And that's that's really all it is. It's not you don't have to be a nerd to have a problem talking to a girl or be embarrassed or or oh God, I said the stupidest thing to her. Because yeah. we've all done and that's all that we're that's all that they capture. They just happen to be physicists and yeah. and, and they go a little little longer with it, you know. But it's great. <laughs> it's, do you it's, still walk
1: into do you still drive on to Warner Brothers and go into that show and just still pinch yourself that you're yeah. Because that show, yeah. Big Bang Theory in LA, is one of the hardest shows to get tickets for. Yeah in general and anybody calls you to say hey can I get tickets to a show it's either Ellen or that show (laughs) yeah hey I work at Coney you want to come see no I want Big Bang or it's (laughs) the heart and people are waiting at gate three for hours and hours at 6 a.m. in the morning trying to get into that thing
2: yeah it's great it's it's scary And, and until it's over we've got two more years luckily until it's over and you're removed from it I don't think you'll everyone will really appreciate what we had. But we go in every day and and I try to make it fun and I still try to joke around and play ping pong and we do stupid things all the week to keep people wanting to be there, mm-hmm. not feeling they have to be there. Right. And that's the best part is you really enjoy, we all enjoy doing it. Because it, I'm
1: sure, Mark, there's been shows that you've worked on that have been steady paychecks, they've yeah. been on for years. And you go in there, and it's just oh. their pains in the ass. Oh,
2: you get up, and it's like, oh, you know, you're you're getting dressed, going, oh god, yeah. I, I wonder what today is going to be like because it won't be good, right? You know, yeah. I just wonder how long it's going to be, and 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 the shows take forever. The week
3: time drags on, and this is just the opposite. It, well, that, that's really a perfect is. lead in into Sullivan and Son, um, the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> Most of that cast was was, con- I mean, you got yeah. four. Was it four comics? Four stamps, yeah. yeah. Is that? I mean, I know we kind of touched on it early, but is that overwhelming? Is that four different strong perspectives, or were people able to make it mesh? I mean, oh, I think I think you guys had
2: a you, you had it. By the time I got in there, I, I was there. I don't know, midway through the first season. Yeah. Or so I, I think the first one I did. Uh, every new show goes through its growing pains and stuff. And you, there was there was an element. It's like putting a team together, uh, a baseball team, football team, whatever. You know, everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses and what their what their should be doing what they shouldn't be doing. And there I had no problems because it was always about what's being funny. And I think the attitude you guys had was, I mean, right. You still did the two. I mean, you were very old school doing two episodes, having two audiences. Yeah. And I actually used that on a pilot I did a few years later, oh, wow. uh, the Gerard Carmichael pilot. Because oh, yeah. I was we ended up I was like, as, as a stand up, you you want to. You don't want to have just one shot at it, mm-hmm. you, you know. And Girada was coming off his his uh, uh, HBO special where they shot it over two nights. Yeah. And and you put the best together. And the first night he was like, "Yeah, I was a little nervous. It didn't work as well." Second night was better. And I was like, "We used to do two shows all the time." Yeah. And, and it and it gave you a feeling for what works, what doesn't work. And so for his pilot, we shot it over two nights, and it was great because the first night we had a great audience. Things things were great. The second night was not as good and that's the night of course Robert Greenblatt comes the president of NBC comes (laughs) right and the audience is just not responding the same way and normally if you were doing a pilot you're like all right that's dead that's Mm -hmm. it's over and he was like nope heard last night couldn't have been better you know so he had no worries he was like no go ahead there wasn't any panic there wasn't any oh my god we got to redo this scene it's not working it was Mm -hmm. like this worked great last night And we're not worried about it. We're going to change a few jokes. And that was it.
1: Because Big Bang's obviously this anomaly where you have these true diehard fans. But like some of these newer shows that are pilots nobody's heard of. So you're getting audiences in that are less known, don't know the show. But how do they base that if if the audience isn't responding to the show not being funny or maybe just the audience just isn't getting it?
2: Boy, um, I've, I've seen it happen a lot in pilots. I've seen pilots that work really well. And then they test terribly. Right. And... I, you know, I can't explain that half the time, uh, except that you're showing it to people at three in the afternoon when normally. Right. If you watch a show, you're watching it at seven o'clock at night when you're at home or or you watch it in the evening or you go out to a comedy show to show it in the afternoon. It just seems odd. And people don't respond the same way. But on, on I've done pilots where um, it's it's a struggle and and. It's just it's not working on a lot of levels. Um, It's been funny maybe all week or you think it's been working and and you're getting the notes from the network that are like, oh, you know, "Ah, we got we got trouble here. And then there and it comes out fine. You know, it may not get picked up, but but until you until you have the finished product put together, it's it's tough to say.
1: Because that's what I wonder, like how many shows are just confident enough to say, "Hey, listen, we know this shit's funny. Take it or leave it. If the audience isn't digging it, that's their fault." That's,
2: I mean, you, hopefully you want to reach that level, and that's what we've done with with Big Bang. Yeah. So you're not going to starting off. It's really hard to do that. The, the very few now, I think, you're getting a little more of it with having the chance to do a show on Netflix or or a lot of these new uh, production companies that that aren't that. Old and and haven't been established yeah. and don't know and haven't done that many pilots and a lot of times they're more trusting. And it's like oh no 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 you're the creator you know what you want go ahead and do it mm-hmm. which is very nice and very the way it should be. But uh, Chuck Lorre has that we don't do notes we don't get notes from the network.
3: Oh that's anymore. incredible because wow. he's
2: got carte blanche kind well, of well yeah I mean you know the show what are you gonna do the show is number yeah. one number two every Stay week out of the you're gonna way, sit like... there and say oh yeah I think you gotta yeah. you gotta change things up here yeah no, you, you know it's like no.
3: That's so, so Amy Sherman Palladino for Gilmore Girls used to, when they would write scripts, uh, she would kind of make it so she's like, OK, the network's going to call us out on this. Mm-hmm. Like she'd make those. Yeah. So let's just give that to them. And then we can get away with this other stuff because yeah. we'd give because, you know, who knows who's back it, it,
2: it happened a lot. It happened a lot with jo- with filthy jokes or things you try to get through. You'd You'd put in three or four extra that you knew they'd take. Yeah. Take away. Oh, That's yeah. So you, know gonna <laughs> yeah away. Right. you know they're going to take away. You know they're going to say no to that. Yeah. I mean, so you would say in. no to that. You're right, Nico. <laughs> There's no way this is getting out in the air. Right. And, they, and, of course, they do, but you, you've gotten in the one thing you want to get through. What does like, Chuck Lloyd do right? Because he's so
1: incredibly oh
2: successful. He, I mean, what yeah, is he what doing right? Do you know what? I, I, again, it goes back uh, to what's on the page. Mm-hmm. He, he has his sensibility of what he thinks is funny translate translates to the public. Mm-hmm. And so when we're what he's great at when we're shooting the show, um, we'll have something that's worked all week. And you get in front of the audience and it kind of eh, goes and he's like, all right, lose it. Yeah. Or we got to beat this. And you're like, wait, what, uh, no, no, no. It's been great all week. You, mm-hmm. Remember Tuesday you were cracking up. Uh. Right. And it's like he's a surgeon. It's like, "Nope, doesn't they didn't get it. They didn't or they didn't like it. It's not working. If they're laughing at the other stuff, they don't laugh at that. There's something wrong with that. Right. And boom, it's gone. Or they might try to beat it. But usually it's just like, we don't need this joke. Scene ends here. Mm -hmm. And he's he's a surgeon like that. And he just he knows what he wants. And he's funny. And it's it's like I say, it's they come to this table so well written and Mm -hmm. so together. They spend a lot of time drafting the story, making it work before the actors even get a hold of it or director sees it. And it's really a, a craft and a hardworking. And, and you don't usually get the time to do that, right. uh, especially on new shows, because you're still that first year, you're still finding the characters. You're seeing the strengths and weaknesses. Right. Is it physical comedy better? Is it better to do uh, more swing sets? Uh, do the stories work better, smaller groups? And and you every show goes through that the first year. We were lucky enough that 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 time thing got pushed way down because it was so well-defined already. This is what the story was, and I think part of that goes back to, you know, you talk about time. They actually did two pilots for for The Big Bang Theory. They were the, the original pilot, which most people don't know about or haven't ever seen, had Jim Parsons and Johnny Galecki mm. in a completely different cast. Oh, wow. The, the girl was was a hard-edged, kind of have a drug addict girl and a, and a weird background, mm. and they realized when they were shooting the show, that every time the guys were in a scene with her, the audience was afraid for them.
3: They, they, they
2: were, oh, oh, get away from her. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they were hearing things like that in the audience. So they realized, well, this isn't working, but these guys work, and they, they connect with the audience. Right. And to CBS's credit, they 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 shut it down for a year and said, no, let's rework it. Oh, and my they, God. They and so it they recast and gave it, yeah. And then So then they went the other way with the girl and got Kaylee, you know, a nice, The girl next door type thing, and then and had the guys live on their own, and not originally they were all five people living together, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it just you know, and again, that's something you don't know until you do it that night in front of the audience, and if they had stuck with that, the show might have died after nine episodes because they wouldn't have found this works better this way, and let's separate them, and they had a whole year to work on that. Of all the people you've worked with over the course of these years, um,
0: who made you nervous?
2: Oh, that's a good question. The, The first. There, there is a few, but the, f- the one story I distinctly remember is with uh, Betty White, the first uh-huh. time uh, doing a show called Ladies Man. And I knew people that I'd met her before, but I knew people who'd worked on Golden Girls and, mm-hmm. you know, they, they loved her. And here I am, the young director, and I have a note. And I remember walking up to her and i couldn't look her in the eye
3: <laughs> I, was,
2: I, I was looking and she knew it too she, yeah. I, was, I was looking down and she was she was laughing and yeah. and it was finally i said you know i gave a note and she was like oh that's good and i i was you know you were, oh, yeah. i was pig in heaven then after that i was like oh my god this is this is unbelievable and she was great and she and she again the the comic mentality was great all you had to do you didn't have to tell her something you could you could steer her mm-hmm. which is one of the great things i think she liked me one of the first the first day of rehearsal they had a uh, she was supposed to speak at a podium to a group of people and the prop guys and the set dressers it was a new set they go oh we, we just got to stand in podium it'll be different it'll be different and she goes walking up to rehearse and the thing is too tall she can barely see over it and immediately, the prop guy comes running in. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And we look at each other and go, nope, nope, it, leave yeah. it. And she just, and it was like, go ahead. And yeah. she just used it. And oh, it was great. it was great, yeah. it was great.
1: Is it interesting because Big Bang, you've obviously been the resident director for a long time. Yeah. Do most shows switch out and have different directors it's, throughout the course of the year? It's
2: changed through the years. Originally, there used to be the one director. Then it got, uh, w- when you started expanding with, with uh, the WB and UPN and having all these shows coming on the air. Um, you didn't have enough directors to go around, and it, it became a uh, a thing to do three at a time. And then also because it helped, sometimes directors were getting fired. They'd hire them for a full season, they'd fire them. Well, you got to pay them off, and that got very oh, expensive for the wow, network. Yeah. So it was easier to hire someone for three, see if it worked, if they got along, then hire them for another three or another six. And and in fact, on on Big Bang, I was I did the first three. I was supposed to do like half of the first season. I did the first three. And it worked. And then they brought in a couple other directors and it didn't work as well. Um, but the the actors were like, oh, we connected and Chuck Lawyer and I got along. It was like, okay, he became the, and
1: I was the guy. Uh, yeah, because so. if you read, like just seeing interviews with the cast, they rely on you so heavily as part of that team, even more than the writers because you're yeah. there all the time. Right. And you really make, just by watching stuff and, and reading the stuff. The one constant. You really make the environment that much easier for them. And if, yeah. you, if you read anything by the cast they just love having Mark around and well, that's a testament thanks. to you
2: well I, I always I always uh, Kaylee's always said oh you you're originally with the five of them she goes you're the sixth cast member yeah you're, you're the Brian Epstein you know oh, and it, was, cool. it was always cool. yeah. it was always very sweet because it is a matter of juggling and it and, and keeping things calm and and making sure they understand it's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> you know when things aren't working and what to expect on the night and they were they were great they have been since since day
1: one. And when they sign on to do like another couple of years, are you high fiving your wife, kind of like, "Oh we're, yeah. we're good for another couple <laughs> oh, of years"? Because yeah. oh, this oh, business yeah. is so up yeah. and down, yeah. right? So yeah, I'm, I'm high
2: fiving like, until I get fired. <laughs> until, you know, <laughs> when we go back, it's like, "Oh, uh, not so fast, Mark." Yeah. Is, is
1: there a show right now? Obviously, you're so busy with Big Bang, but is there a show right now that you would love to direct that you haven't had a chance to? Oh
2: yeah, I haven't had a chance to do much. I love, uh, I love Veep. I love just watching Veep, and I love Silicon Valley, oh, yeah. uh, which, which I think. The guys on there are very funny, and in a way, I guess it's it's kind of reminiscent of Big Bang. You have a nice ensemble cast, very bright people, and the insecurities and and the characters all have are very distinct, you know. And it's it's not unlike Big Bang. And it's like, oh yeah, I could get in there and get my hands on that show; it'd be fun.
1: How about a multicam show? Oh
2: boy, uh, there aren't that many, like you said. What? Yeah. What, uh, um, Boy, I can't think of anything offhand right now. Well, let me ask you, you says, this:
0: What is, because because you've had such a storied career, what has been your biggest failure? We know obviously Big Bang has got to be up there in terms of probably your biggest success, but what is your biggest failure? And what did you learn from that particular failure?
2: Oh, that's oh boy, that's a good question. Uh, you know, there's there are shows that I've worked on that I thought were going to go, mm-hmm. and I think that's the one thing you learn is never plan on anything working for whatever reason it could be great in front of the audience the network could be telling you how wonderful it is and a week later you get the pink slip and Mm -hmm. it's like thanks very much and you're on to the next thing and so you you can never get too far ahead of yourself and just stay the the thing I've learned the most is stay in the moment Mm -hmm. do the best show you can I've done pilots uh, uh, that have gone great and the show didn't go anywhere and I did a pilot once that we shot till 5 in the morning we were going in front of the we were at dinner and we didn't have the last scene. They'd been rewriting the last scene, rewriting the last God. scene. And the actor, we didn't have the last scene going in front of the audience. And the wow. actors were like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And I was like, don't worry about it. Before we do the last, you, we will, we were going to shoot the rest of the show. Yeah. Yeah. They know where we're, they're working on stuff right now. And we will redo it. And what we did at 3 in the morning, uh, we had the last scene in the, aud- the audience that was left, there were, there were, probably a couple dozen people that were still there <laughs> wow That's hanging crazy. in they you know liked it maybe they were someone's brother and sister you yeah. know Charlie sure. they, they wanted to see it through but th- but what was cool was we told them hey you're gonna get to see how a show is made sure and we sat and read the new scene yeah and we did a whole in an hour we did a whole week's worth of work we read the scene talked about it blocked it mm-hmm. then I spent some time with cameras put it up on his feet shot it several times did some rewrites and ended up shooting it you know and finished at five in the morning
1: And it's funny because when you have a pilot, like, everybody's so eager and excited to get it done because they want to see if it gets picked up. I remember when we were doing Sullivan and Son, I can't remember. Somebody was directing it. It was just taking a long time to do. And Dan Laurie shouts out to the audience, should have been done an hour ago. (laughs) And so, like, obviously a veteran who can easily say it and nobody else could. But you can tell that he was, you know, and and he's done it. So he can easily say that. But there's nothing worse, especially from a warm-up perspective, the cold open there's the first cut and then you see everybody <laughs> huddling together all the writers and you're like this is going to be Here one long go. fucking night go. like you know and, and like it just takes forever to get that yeah you know new script i i,
2: I like to try and do shows even regular shows in, in two and a half hours it would be the ideal but when we do pilots um you try and do them. i try to do them in three hours and i tell uh, i did a, a pilot earlier this year um for uh, uh freeform uh, in a thing called Brown Girls. And, and what was great was we pre shot some stuff, but it was like, hey, we will go back and reshoot anything, but let's keep an audience alive. Yeah. And we did it in three hours. That's great. And then you send them home, and there was one thing we had to go back and reshoot sure. as opposed to stopping down. And so six hours later, you still haven't gotten to the second act, mm-hmm. and people don't care at that point. It doesn't benefit you, You'll never get a, you'll an honest response from the audience because yeah. they've been there too long.
0: What is the one thing that once you made it, you. Re- this is Gary's question. That yeah, I love was, that. I'm surprised you haven't. What is the one thing where you were like, "I got to reward myself. I got to get myself this." When you
1: started getting successful, I finally made it. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I remember the very first episode I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, te- oh, uh, t- yeah, technically, uh, as the full-on director with my name, and that was it. It was a really difficult show and because it was technically different difficult we had picture and picture we had a it was a Malcolm and Eddie episode with Eddie Griffin Malcolm Jamal Warner oh okay and it was and the, uh, there was a guy who had uh, taken hostages in the bar so we had a camera feed in the bar that was on the big screen that we were shooting at the same time it was this whole stuff and at the end of the night I remember someone gave me a cigar and a glass of scotch and that was like okay I've made this I've earned earned this one and it was made it through that night and it was like that was the best tasting cigar and glass of scotch I've (laughs) ever had I can tell you that Especially after, after working with Eddie Griffin.
0: I yeah. think we can all agree <laughs> it. Did he ask for he the tennis that. shoes? Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark,
2: we don't want to take too much of your
0: time. I By the way, I should,
1: I should say after yeah. Mark did Sullivan and Son, he sold all of his possessions. <laughs> he knew. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> he, he was done at did. that point. We cannot
0: thank you enough for taking time. Oh. You know, you, you're a busy man, but you came in. Not only, you know, sometimes we have people call in, or, yeah. but when Gary said you're actually coming in, I was like, we oh were my so God, up. that's awesome, yeah. So Let me, I want to ask Mark something
1: about personal life. How'd you
2: meet your wife? Uh, we met at school, met at the University of Michigan. You did? Both, uh, yeah. And she actually uh, started the comedy club with me. She did. She she actually did. Yeah, she was involved.
1: Was, was she a stand up too? She,
2: not at all. No, I mean, the last thing in the world she would do. She, oh wow. Uh, uh, was Good a, for her. Student worked in the student. <laughs> yeah. Student government had knew of the building, helped set it up, and and ran it basically. Wow. I, I took care of the comedy side. She took care of everything else.
1: And then you guys move out here together, move out to L.A. Together. I moved out first, and then, and then she, she came. came? Out. Yeah. Wow. She came out a couple years later. And then I understood, like, wasn't Dave Coulier at your wedding too? You guys got married, <laughs> and he was at the wedding. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There was. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of drinking. A lot of, uh, of a lot of bad jokes and a lot of, sure. a lot of Polish food, and uh, it was a good time.
3: That's yeah. that's funny. I did. I went to a Polish restaurant here. I think it's called Polka in Eagle Rock once. Oh. Um, and I asked the guy who was from Poland. I said, "Hey, I'm going to a, a wedding this summer uh, that's Polish," and he's like, "Oh yeah, Chicago or Michigan." And it was really <laughs> it. it was so yeah. true. Oh, yeah, there's so, so much Polish in that. You know, Hamtramck yeah, in
1: ham, region
2: ham, region. Tramick and Chicago,
3: yeah. like the two biggest uh, populations outside of Warsaw. Or
1: are, like and, that, and, and are your kids attached to show business at all?
2: Uh, my daughter is. My son's not. Oh, okay. I, my daughter l- loves the idea of, of getting into the business, mm. trying to work as a PA. Okay. Uh, she's a Michigan graduate, too. She went back to Michigan and, nice. and got her degree in film and television and is trying to make it the uh, uh, same way I did, I guess, you know, starting at the bottom and work your way up. And my son, nothing to do with it at all right now. Really, which is great.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I want to ask. I, I want to ask Mark too, really quickly about yeah. this. Uh, the writer strike is kind of looming here in L.A. Uh, yeah. what, do you, what do you think about that?
2: Boy, I wish I knew more. I I keep thinking. I mean, that it's not going to happen. So, yeah. No, 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 no. It can't. It can't. It, it's it's the wounds are too fresh from ten years ago, um, and it, it hurt a lot of people in a lot, a lot of, of ways. And and most writers remember it. And um, I think they have things to work out. Uh, I know certainly with their health plan. I know is a big part of their problem. Um, but I, I, God, I hope it doesn't. Hope it doesn't happen.
1: It um, really crippled LA yeah. when it happened. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It was it was terrible. And it, in a weird way, it helped Big Bang because we were one of the few shows that was our first year on the air. And when the strike ended, we were one of the, like only two shows that came back and did original episodes. Wow, oh, wow. We did another like eight episodes after the strike, and people were like, "Ooh, something new." So, That's great. And, really and I wanted to ask that. you this:
1: What do you think about the pilots this year that are out? I heard Carol Burnett's got a new pilot out. Carol Bro, Burnett, yeah,
2: which which sounds sounds really funny. Yeah, uh, uh, I would lo- I would love to see that go. Just I, uh, again, there's no there's no thing about the uh, again getting rid of that old and young and and. If it's funny, it's funny. It, mm-hmm. it does, You can't gear it for an 18- to 25-year-old audience all the time. They're not the ones spending the money. I know you want that demographic, but people spending the money are usually older that have right. disposable income. Mm-hmm. And if they think it's funny, which is what I think happened with Big Bang, older people find it funny too. They're the ones spending, and that's where you're going to get your advertising dollars. Yeah. And, and if it's funny, it's funny. It'll transcend ages. Make it funny. It doesn't matter if it's a, I don't care if they know who Carol Burnett is. Right. If she's funny, no, they're gonna they're really gonna can. find out. Well, if there
1: is a writer's out. strike, let's hope Sullivan and Son comes back because that showed a okay. huge writer. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, man. And for the record, Mark, uh, Steve and his family now live in that loft where Jackson Brown's video. <laughs> was so that was there.
0: Bring it all back. All Bring right. it all back. I love it. Mark Sandrowski. Matt, Mark wow. Sandrowski, yeah. Uh, Big Bang Theory. It is What season train. is it in it's now? Like 11 uh, or 10 or 11?
2: Or 10 or 11? We, we are ending 10. We have two more years. 11 Wow. And 12. Unbelievable. So it just
0: keeps running. It just keeps
2: running, yeah. So...
0: Thank you so much, Mark. I love it. Yes. Really thank you. really appreciate it. Patrick Keane, Gary Cannon, Gentleman's Dojo, thank you for listening. Tell the damn joke is streaming on Showtime. <laughs> Enjoy!